0: This episode of the A Team is brought to you by face facegamescom Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles.
1: I wouldn't uh, be on an A Team episode and do it any justice if I didn't mention the fact that Shaheen Sarani has actually been posting a pile of lists as well. <laughs> and who's uh, that? Who's that guy? Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to
2: your ears by Manadeprive.com, home of Canadian Magic. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal Palm in the ass prison to the Canadian Underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them. Maybe you can listen to The A-Team. <laughs> KYT. Anything that costs a shit ton of mana, you're just like, bang! And you're like, fuck. How does that go? Bang! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> J. Boosh.
3: And that's like the hyper angle. I never want to play in another GP again. I, wanna, <laughs> I never ever want to play in another GP.
4: Jeremy. And you're the reason I play Magic, too. am like, I just, like, I died. I died. I was, like, like, just melting on the inside, like, that I have inspired this kid to play Magic. And Matt.
0: So, I'm having this conversation with this guy in Chile about my deck. And then I'm getting pizza from a guy in Canada. It's like, Magic is fucking weird.
2: And now, the A-Team.
0: Welcome to episode 273. Uh, this is the A-Team. I'm doing this fucking intro because they're all who's doing the intro whatever i don't care so uh i'm here
3: do it last time you did it you said it was episode five six yeah six <laughs> six right. normally, yeah normally we don't let you do the intros
0: and that's <laughs> jay you know who he is uh, uh jeremy what's up say hi hello
2: hello 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 all
0: right kyt
2: yeah, that's a unique impression of me. I like yeah, it. Yeah, really I cool.
0: like it too. It's a cool impression oh, by you, of you.
2: If unique fucking bad,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's horrible. It's probably pretty horrible. But
3: KYG has a pretty unique voice.
0: He does. He does. <laughs> and uh, so we got another. Spe- we got a special guest with us. I mean, he's not really that special. No, he's like
5: oh, a guest. He's mm-hmm. not really even a guest. He's like a no,
3: not really, he's really that but guest. Like he's like morning a morning guy. Yeah, filling sh- in for the afternoon guy.
1: You know,
0: he's <laughs> like a specter. He's like our skeleton in the closet. So,
1: except that there's nothing to do with the closet. Uh,
0: uh, that's true. All right,
1: Scotty is here. Hi guys. Yeah. How you doing?
4: <laughs> hey, uh, if you uh, kind of uh, kind of do what the last former A team host thing did, just don't. <laughs>
1: What? what? we had maybe
4: just a little bit too much God going on the last oh, time. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, I'm and you're okay. You're good here. Nothing to worry about. All 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 I'm worshiping at every Sunday is the Church of Iron. That's all there is. So Yeah, I'll tell you, there's um I've I have been very busy. And uh and this this whole you know getting fifth thing i'm actually i spent some time today talking to uh one maddie studios you know from heavy meta fame and uh it looks like he and i are going to be getting together on saturday he's got this you know like murderous dungeon of weights and shit so i'm gonna go over there and lily's gonna come with me and uh the girls are gonna the play Super it. The Metal boys, dungeon. yeah it's crazy and the boys are gonna just absolutely kill it downstairs i'm really excited about it last time i was over there i had so much fun and uh i can't wait i can't wait to go back so yeah,
4: is there going to be video of this? Can you stream this? Uh, there
1: might be. I mean, I don't know about streaming, but like we could, we, there might be some video somewhere. I mean, you can now do videos on Twitter, right? Like twenty yeah, seconds, Periscope and shit. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, like seriously,
4: think- Scott, you are on like my top three list of guys. If I got blackout drunk, I woke up next to, I wouldn't really care.
1: Seriously, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I knew that. But Actually, appreciate-
4: all three, I think, are going to be at GP uh, GP uh, <laughs> Toronto, so.
1: That's probably true, too. Yeah,
4: because, uh, uh,
5: let's see, let's <laughs> go through the list. Okay, um yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Magriani Magrini. Yep. Magrini. And uh, is Slick Jagger going to be there? Slick's going to be there. Yeah, well, see, I think, like, I seriously. Think
1: be- I, I'm pretty sure he is, because I think he's, he's in anyway. the house like Josh and those guys, right? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's just, we're we're a sexy bunch of motherfuckers. Actually, what's guys, what's interesting now is is we're, we're all, you know the beard game is strong, and I've I've determined that's what the issue is that the is. beard game? Oh god, you've you not like been following my Facebook? My beard game is strong, no. sir. Yeah. Let me see beard game beard me. Yeah. I going to beard. You. <laughs> yeah. No, my 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 beard. Sweet, game. I want to see fucking KYT's beard. beard.
2: Beard tweet. Oh, Uyt is
1: a
5: beard.
2: <laughs> it's terrible when I tr- when I don't shave for a while. Oh. I just look awful. Seriously, I'm bringing the beard game too. Nice thought. I'm
1: not like what? lumberjack bearding by any stretch. Don't get me wrong. I'm all like, you know what? You know who told me? I I was uh, I went over to face to face uh in Toronto and was just kind of hanging out with Kelly and, and Anthony and the guys and and I sat down with Tony and he looked at me and he goes he nodded at me. You know, with that like slow, half cocked, smiling, approving nod, you know? And I was like, What? What? He goes, Your head game is real strong right now. I just wanted to let you know. You you it. Awesome. strong. And I was like, Sweet. Thanks. Like that that means a lot. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm uh I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to go to this event. Holy shit. Like I have missed all of you so terribly. I just haven't seen any of you, you know, and not talking to you guys is uh is fucking with me a little. So now, like, it's so close to the event that it's like I can feel it. You know? It's like this palpable yearning for your company. It's it's really all quite homoerotic when you think about it. But, oh, yeah. uh... But, See, that's you know, where I went.
5: That's where I went. That's where I just was. I mean, it's... I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable. <laughs> I know. There will be
1: pictures of all of us spooning, too. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So that will be part of the Friday, uh Friday <laughs> the, the Spoon spoon stravaganza.
0: Do oh, a beard yeah. vote or whatever. I don't know how any of you of all of
4: our video stuff, like there should probably just be like reenactments of fav- famous movie scenes. You did, you
0: know. Uh you gotta have organization for that. And oh, I just I'm foresee just a apart. lot of this just falling apart.
4: No, no, we're talking about falling <laughs> apart. About- we got the shit on lock we just had like an hour long meeting and I don't know if we really came to a whole lot well oh, we had a yeah.
1: meeting bitches
3: <laughs> yeah when was the last time the eighteen team had a fucking meeting
1: I actually have the notes for in me my, in my drive it was like episode 126 or something stupid like that <laughs> the,
0: the, it, was, it was when Scotty was still on the podcast that was the yeah. last time there was an eighteen meeting
1: it hasn't been that long <laughs> fuck Jesus Christ <laughs>
5: anyways
0: we just bring him back for meetings.
5: That's fine. Yeah,
3: he's like a he's like the he's like a board member, right? It's like he's oh, founding yeah. the founding member of the A team, so he like has to be on like the board. But then he just generally he's just here by proxy.
1: Yeah, hashtag by alumni <laughs> bitches. Hashtag alumni bitches. That's hot. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so so uh, the GP is is coming close. Uh, I know everybody and their mother is going to be coming in for it, uh, which is super exciting. Uh, we our meeting was all about sort of how we're going to put all of this together for you guys. And Matt is doing a fantastic job of making sure that we are all hooked up, which is sick. Friday looks like it's going to be like the the ultimate stream day. Um, I think that uh, yeah. at the at the the condo you're going to be able to see. The, the, the A-team in all of their misery and shame. Um, it's going to be amazing. I imagine there will be a lot of booze involved. Uh, I think you guys are going to be playing a pile of magic and stuff too, right?
0: We are. We are. Uh, basically, yeah, we're going to be streaming uh, Jace Cube and doing some a whole bunch online. of some magic online and basically whatever else we can fit in. Uh, a, a little bit of live, a little bit of MTGO. And then uh, the evening, Friday evening, is capped off by basically we're doing a live uh, recording, and uh, basically we'll just have whoever can fit into the condo come, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll do a live thing, and it'll be fun. We'll have a blast.
5: Kyt, yeah. should I
0: bring some
4: Street Fighter Five and some fight sticks? Oh, you definitely <laughs> should.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, the throwback to the bridge. The Bridge Ask Podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, we yeah. will do what's in the cup. Yep. Because uh, I am, uh, I am a fan of the Bridge as well. I loved that podcast when it was still on.
1: Oddly enough, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day, and uh, something came up out of con- in a specific context that made me say, "Actually, uh, I know a guy that had to drown his girlfriend's ferrets for her." <laughs> and, and I feel like that story that Jack had to tell, oh God, it was so funny, and and I guess I was just dying as I'm you know telling the story, and no one else seems to think that the drowning affair is as humorous as I yeah,
0: <laughs> Well, I remember coming up to Adam right after right after he uh they had stopped the bridge for a while, and basically it kind of fell off, and it kind of disappeared from the internet. And then it was uh shortly before that Adam had announced he was he was uh going to intern at Wizards. So I found him at a tournament and asked him I was like, "Hey man, what what happened with the bridge?" He's like, "Oh, well, you know, I wanted to work at Wizards and uh the bridge can't exist if I want to work at the, <laughs> work at Wizards." And I'm oh like, my "God, yeah, that's understandable." <laughs> like there's literally no like barely any evidence of the bridge exi- bridge's existence on the internet.
1: Wow. See, and that's funny because I've never actually like gone back to listen to episodes. You so can't. It, you can't. I, and now I understand why.
5: <laughs> wow. I totally reasonable. I, I, I mean, the, the content of that podcast was different.
1: In Ina- inappropriate on like the smallest many
0: many levels.
1: <laughs> but I'll tell you though, I've had. I, it has been rare that I've had as much fun recording a podcast as I did when I went down there for, G, uh, for the SCG Cincy and hung out with them that day. Uh, that, was, that was ridiculous. That's when we were doing Century Club with Shots of Strongbow.
0: Shots of Strongbow. All right. Yeah. You're really hitting it hard there.
1: Well, you know what Century Club is, right? Century Club is like a shot of beer every minute for 100 minutes consecutively. Yeah. On oh, no. Yeah. So you basically end up plowing like about 14 beers in an hour. <laughs> which would you say oh it's a shot of beer now a shot of beer a minute oh what are you a fucking pussy yeah how about you funnel 14 beers in an hour and come talk to me about being a pussy you won't be able to speak ass no <laughs> but yeah so we were doing it with uh we were doing it with strongbow because strongbow was you know what was in the cup and uh that was that was hard J. Cal did it and then died
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was not a pussy Because pussies are strong
5: he was not a pussy so, but yeah, that, uh, Toronto is going to be a blast just to be just, we're
0: going to, it's going to be awesome. Jeremy and I are playing in the main event, doing tons of, uh, battle. We're going to do some battlefield content, uh, bringing my little task cam, uh, portable recorder
5: so we can do some, uh, some live stuff from there. Uh, so yeah, basically that's, that's uh,
0: uh, yeah. If we, yeah, we'll definitely get some like salt stories and bad beat stories yeah, and all that stuff yeah, as much as yeah. We, as we as want
4: much. to collect your negativity. We want your hate. We want to hear about your scumbag stories. We want them live. Want them live. <laughs> you won't believe <laughs> what just happened to me. That piece of scum. We want that. We want your salt. We want to draw it out of your system because you have to harvest it. Everybody, salt is bad for everything except for
0: people. People need salt. <laughs> And, and, and then
4: and then we'll give it environment
1: and into people.
0: Yeah, and then we'll hand everything over to Kyle and be like, "Hey Kyle, there you go."
1: Yeah.
5: Yep. Do something with this.
1: It'll, <laughs> it'll come out just uh just before episode 100.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> like a chewy shot for his five questions. stuff. Uh, remember uh, he started
4: doing that at uh Las Vegas and I asked him if it was going to come out
5: before the next Las Vegas and he just barely missed that goal, so so uh you guys want to talk about some magic magic yeah sure uh, maybe not really the right venue for that oh all
3: right
2: then i actually uh top aided a pptq this past uh saturday did wow you okay yeah did, did i mean i it? haven't put no i didn't win it all right oh, nobody no, cares sadly. move on
1: uh it was a new standard
2: no it was sealed Oh, uh, I, because like I don't care about that much. I've I've mentioned that about on the show. I think uh, our listeners have gone that vibe that haven't been at that compete level anymore. But without having, see, I, I feel like I'm one of those old guard guys that just come in every once in a while and played sealed now, and uh, <laughs> especially shadows. I mean, new set, so I decided to to jump in and um, yeah, had a great time. Had a great time despite. Maybe it was because it was early in the season, but it's by far the biggest PPTQ I've ever been at. There were 71 players. Wow. Wow! For Seals. That's, that's huge. Big, a lot. Huge. The cap, once again, the cap was announced at 60, and of course people were begging at the door or whatever, so they decided to try to scrounge up a bunch of extra tables and chairs to make up room for, for uh, 71. And, but I didn't expect, I expected, you know, let's just take it easy, have a four or five round uh, tournament. But no, it ended up being a seven round PPTQ. Wow. So, hey, uh, quick question. Uh, was this at Face? No, it was not at Face.
1: Oh, okay. So they actually let you play at places that are not face to face games?
2: Yeah, yeah. Peter was there. Petey Popple was oh, there. Oh, jeez. All right.
1: Well, if <laughs> Peter's right. there, then it's got to be all it's,
2: right. It's, it's P- P- <laughs> is your boss, right?
4: No, no, no.
1: No. Peter Peter's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, Peter yeah. Peter
2: should he, be your boss.
3: Yeah, he should be. I mean, I love Sal and Matt and Kelly, but
2: but well, well, I guess I refer to Peter a lot, but uh Peter's really nice about it. He'll if you if, if you ask him lot? I sort of But if you ask him, he'll say that uh, we're equals on on the ladder, so that's nice of him to 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 lie, I guess. <laughs> I'm happy Peter sort of puts me on the same level than him. So I'm glad that he, he lies to people, but I, I do refer to him a lot and uh he, he actually pushed me to go uh because he I don't know, he wanted me to and uh I built a pretty vanilla ish green white deck. I had uh three copies of Angelic um Purge, which was uh okay. the, like probably the most one of the most powerful white commons you could possibly have it's the one where you pay 3 and you can sacrifice a permanent to exile a creature enchantment or um forget the last thing but you can uh uh creature enchantment or artifact something like Tank? that so it's super solid removal as long as um it's it's a high price to pay to sacrifice a permanent if you have to sacrifice a land or or something like that but because my deck also had a lot of spirits that can be produced and also had the three, two in green that if he dies, you can investigate and get a clue. So it wasn't that punishing in my deck because there's all these things that you could sacrifice and I had two copies, two commons of, of rabid bite, which is the two mana, just one sided fight card in green. So basically I had five copies of the best commons you could possibly have. I didn't have a lot of the crazy bombs that other people, I actually faced PD Pablo in round two and lost to him because he just, he has Absinthe in his deck, and he just totally creamed me with it, just played it, flashed it in, my whole team gets indestructible, ate my whole team and I like and then game two I multi four and just died, or um I might have had the game's reverse, but but then after beating me, he loses the next two, so he leaves, and I started chaining wins, get there in the, in top eight, uh drafted a black red super aggro deck despite the fact that I thought I don't like red in this format and it has the same problems that it has in previous formats where it's just a bunch of aggressive guys with really little toughness, like four one at three mana or a bunch of these guys where you really need to rely on synergy to have it really work. But I was happy, ended up being happy with the deck I drafted despite it being my, my very first draft of the format. Um, Played against a listener, an A team listener in round one. He's like, "Hey, KYT, right? I, I really enjoy your show." Obviously, get proceed to get crushed by said A <laughs> team listener. Uh, What's A team listener's uh, name? Jordan. Good job, Jordan. And, and he was also red, black, splashing white for Soren. <laughs> so in game one, I thought I had a chance. We were both flooding, and then finally he peels a planes, and I'm like, "Okay, what the fuck." like, taps out for Sora, and I'm like, I'm dead. I start uh, reading it again and and, and seeing it, uh, realizing that's a limited bomb. (laughs) And game two, just multi-fucking four again. So, but, uh, whatever. I was happy. I was really happy with my performance, having not competed uh, seriously for a while, and, um, yeah, really enjoyed learning the new format, learning from my game, um, Instead of being, and maybe it's because I've made it there before, but I feel very satisfied just after every game, even if I lost, that I was learning something new about whether it be the format or fundamental plays in general. Whether, for example, whether I should attack, risk attacking, but them being able to block and use a combat trick, forcing me to use a combat trick, versus just playing a solid guy. Because in a scenario where I play a combat trick, I might may not able to use my mana efficiently uh for the creature I wanted to cast which I would have needed to tap out for. So just thinking of a lot of things and trying to learn from every single game that I've played has made again every win and loss enjoyable. So I even if I lost to Jordan in in top eight, you know I was I was pretty cool with it. Um, Pretty happy. Cool. One question I have is how good is that
0: white removal spell? if you don't have things to sack, like if you're not the clue deck or you're not the tokens deck, because I played uh, two different drafts and a team sealed event this weekend. And two of the three decks had one of them, one copy of <laughs> those cards. And my friends confirmed, I you know, I asked among friends cause we team drafted and then we doing the team sealed just to, For their perspective, and they were convinced that it was like a one of.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought too, actually.
0: And what did did you kind of learn playing three of them?
2: I love that every single time, but that's also because I had not only spirit guys, but like let's say the the three two guy, right? That you can still get value from the guy where you can he goes to the bin, but you can exile him and get a spirit so my deck wasn't punished, but even then, um, unless you have multiple copies of, or some amount of copies of the past, the new pacifism, right? You're gonna need as long as your deck has other ways of dealing with bombs, oh. then I don't like it as much, but like Going
1: long, you you've have... got lands too right? Like if you're right, going right. really long and you're trying to beat this huge bomb anyway, I mean yeah, catch my fucking planes and exile your Avacyn. Nice, nice game, right?
2: Yeah. Right, I've had I've had that happen a lot where I just a lot of times I would just sacrifice a land. Um and but I've had this situation happen in maybe round six where my opponent would use it and completely fuck his own development. And I was happy because he was scared of this equipment I had, the plus four plus two one. But like it wasn't super relevant at the time, so he could have just developed his board and then gotten rid of it. But he preemptively decided to remove it. And then uh, he didn't cast... It took him a few turns before he was able to hit 5 mana again. So there is a cost to it, uh, Matt. And, mm-hmm. But uh, if you feel your deck needs... like If you feel your deck can't deal with an Avicen or, or a certain big 5-5 five, five or 4-9 or whatever in the format, then you absolutely need access to it. And uh, yeah, so... But if your deck can't really sacrifice anything, I could, I could definitely see the drawback of it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely that I had those two experiences, where my second draft deck for Friday night was a white-black aggressive deck that basically all of my rares and mythics were in the board except for my Abbey, which I had just gross. So pack pack two, I am in white and either blue or black depending on how the the next two packs go. I crack open my and that we're drafting for keeps. We're not rear-drafting or anything at the end, and this isn't like a top-eight situation. So I open, and I go, I'm flipping through the cards, and I go, okay, okay, okay. Soren.
5: <laughs> okay. That's how lucky. No, no, no. I, I go, two cards later, Foil Abbey. What? Yeah,
0: Soren and Foil Abbey in the same pack. And I'm like,
1: what? Why do I have to make this decision?
5: abby worth
1: money yeah in oh, foil shit. especially yeah
5: really so i drafted the foil abby and then passed sorin and uh <laughs> to my to my right he
0: obviously took it and that was like a funny little decision i had to make but eventually my deck was basically like this white black aggressive deck it didn't have a whole lot of hardcore removal except for one piece uh, like the one piece that it could deal with anything was the the got, the angelic uh purific, or what whatever it's called purge, angelic and purge and that's basically was my logic behind playing it is that
5: yeah
0: it, i needed something so I ended up going 3-1 with that deck which i was pretty improu- pretty proud of but what other sort of observations have you made playing the sealed like seven rounds of sealed and the draft that you did About this format
2: um I I think it's like previous formats with werewolves where you know a a lot of seal formats the classic question of whether the play or draw comes into play and uh with werewolves it makes it just so much easier it's it's obvious that you're more likely to want to be on the play because of them Mm -hmm. um and playing against a lot of observations are not um new to me like playing against planeswalkers (laughs) is still really annoying, especially when your answer is Angelic Purge uh, that can't even kill it. Uh, so that, like, playing against Jace is just super annoying where it bounces your guy, and if you're behind on board, it's going to be, or even at parity, it's it's going to be hard because then they're going to start drawing out of it. Um, But outside of that, what's specific to this format
5: is how most of the good combat tricks
2: are expensive, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah. Some of the white white ones are three mana, indestructible, and some of the cheaper ones aren't that insane. And and my deck, what I found hard was the best cards in my deck, the non-creature spells, were just sorceries. Rabbit Bite is just a sorcery, Angelic Purge is just a sorcery, so it was tough to interact. Um, a lot of people use the black one, which is plus three, plus one, lifelink, which is very significant, can certainly turn Uh, a race around really quickly. Um, But that's where the most Most people didn't really have that many, uh, there wasn't that many crazy combat things that I was afraid of. And even if they profitably trade sort of, it just like cost them so much of of their mana that turn that it didn't even feel that backbreaking. So okay, that's what I've noticed. And uh, yeah, I just played a solid... Green, white deck, and and bashed faced, and feel once again that red is just really hard to work with, and even that plus three plus one lifelink thing. Like black has the same issue where a lot of its guys are like four twos, so you can't even get. Sometimes you can't even plus three plus one and and have your guys survive a lot of battles. So and I guess last but not least, like I felt white, blue, and green are probably deeper when it comes to commons. And so Yeah, that makes sense. I think the better decks are more likely to gravitate to that, especially when the green, like the three, two dies as it investigates. Like the 4 or, 5, four or five, vanilla guy is playable and a lot of random werewolves are just are just solid to have. So green is always uh an option. Yeah.
0: Any speculation on the more powerful color combinations? I found that at least in Team Sealed anyway. I, I definitely agree with the red in this format. It could be very weak and uh, I mean we had a black red deck that was super strong but basically it was super synergistic because mm-hmm. it was all in on madness and vampires and things like that and it was it had that un- the uncommon enchantment that makes vampire tokens uh, that you pay one, you discard a card to make a 1-1 flying or a 1-1 lifelink vampire token. That card is right. bonkers. And uh, when you pair it with like two with fiery tempers and all the madness, vampires
5: and from the floorboards and all that stuff, that that deck gets
2: nuts. So th- that was sort of like my approach, sort of how my deck looked like in in the top eight. I mean, I, like I even played cards that I would never play in my in my previous life. I guess and the like the <laughs> plus two plus two enchantment that can be played through madness right yeah, the same yeah. Mana cost. and so i was going for that so even though i think black and red like suck in general uh but if you're able that's why you need to rely on synergy like we like we both uh agree on then it, it, it's a different story if you have that you know if you have the two one for two that when you discard to it it becomes a three two flying and my dream like someone died just because they discarded that enchantment plus two plus two and you have a turn three five four and you just keep attacking, and you know, the, the opponent has to have the answer to that card, and a lot of the time, they're going to need, like, even if they use, like, Angelic Purge, you're okay with that, right? Two for two. Yeah. Um. Even if they use, you know, there's not that many things that can kill, like Rabbit Bite, they're going to need a four, an early four-power guy to kill it. So, then you're looking at, you know, they have to hope to draw that however many bounce spells that they have so I do like the black-red from a synergy standpoint, I think. That's the early one that comes to mind. I don't know if there's randomly a mill deck, because there there always seems to be in, in previous Innistrad, um, because there are millish cards, but it doesn't seem there's something there. That's but, the crazy
0: uh, thing, is what what were you seeing in terms of the really deep decks? Like, the Delirium decks, were they working in your observation or not
5: i couldn't
0: i i feel like the with the draft that i had first and the sealed that we had that you really have to try to get ver- delirium to to work did you yep. d- did you agree do you have any did you notice anything
2: so I don't have enough uh, experience for draft. and Seal, I just feel like it doesn't come up too often. Okay. Except some people are able to creatively um, come up with it, and I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, whether it be, like, there's a lot of those guys, and, and sometimes it takes a lot of work. Like, like in my deck, I had topplegeist Geist. Okay. Um, it was just a 1-1 when it comes to play Taps of Permanent. That's fine. It's usually 1-1 flying. Like, I don't want to be playing Suntel Hawk in my deck. But at least it, it has a... Relevant comes into play ability that can squeak, even mid-game can squeak you extra, relevant extra damage. But it's Delirium uh, ability makes it absolutely insane. Where on your opponent's turn, on their upkeep, you can tap one of their guys. Like every upkeep. That's absolutely insane. But it just didn't happen at all during my uh, entire uh, round. Um, It triggered for PD Pablo, who had it. Um, but he had enough of the different combination. He had the, let's say, the 2-2 two, two Gargoyle uh, for for one. That's a defender. Mm-hmm. And he would have a blue creature that you can discard spells. Uh, discard two cards to bring it back. So he, he had enough and he had artifacts, he had enchantments. He had enough to, to sort of make it happen more often than I could. So I think in sealed, I'm hard pressed to see someone be lucky enough, often enough, to to constantly get delirium. Um, but that was my my experience, you, that it just doesn't come up enough.
0: Yeah, you actually keyed into one of the things that I noticed Friday and Saturday was that delirium is much easier if you go after the cards with multiple types. Mm-hmm, right, like right, the right. black green deck, for example. Like I was having when I built it, I was having to decide. What enchantments I wanted to play, what creatures and what removal spell, what instants and what sorceries. I always had to be cognizant of that. But I, and then w- when I was playing different decks, when I threw in the Wicker Witch, the three-one artifact creature for three, I found that like all of a sudden I had a land, a sorcery, and then Wicker Witch, and had right. Delirium with three cards. It wasn't even trying. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know. It was just interesting. It, it'll be interesting. This format seems really cool because uh, it definitely feels like there's multiple decks in each color combination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can very easily build your deck incorrectly when as you draft because you're mm-hmm. not valuing your synergy high enough. You're valuing card quality too high. It, it'll, it'll just be interesting how this format shakes out, whether that turns out to be the case or not.
2: Yeah, there's just some starts where, even against Jordan top 8, he, uh, he had an early discard outlet, and he was able to play a really early creature early on. And in my first, the pre-release seal even, when I was able to play the 3-5 um, for 3 mana uh-huh. really early, that's just, like, backbreaking. That's, like, so much... Um, yeah, like,
3: that card, actually, I was tempo. quite surprised. Like, I had a couple in my pool, and I didn't play, end up playing them. I was, like, quite surprised how backbreaking it was when somebody madnessed that card
5: you're like fuck
3: yeah like how do i ever attack for this great <laughs> fuck me.
2: and it's sometimes like if they got value off of that this card is even worse like if they had the two one that i talked about it's like yeah. okay now it's a three two flyer and he has a three five on turn fucking three that's really hard to beat yeah so I I've, yeah I'm excited to to play this uh, format a lot more, but uh, moving forward I'm gonna try to maybe test some standard on maybe cockatrice with some friends to to try to help them prepare because I'm not gonna be able able to play at the GP but uh, really excited about the new new some of the new cards and, and seeing how uh, apparently bank company is still good yeah oh, yeah bank <laughs> so company still a good card to
4: talk about here is the fact that white holy white.
1: Well, I think Declaration in Stone is basically, like, the reason that that deck's insane, right? Like, anything to do with white. That card is is, like, supremely overpowered, and, like, intentionally so, obviously, but, I mean, that card has eternal applications easily. The card's ridiculous.
0: Uh, I don't know if it has eternal applications, but I can definitely agree that it's a power, it's, I mean, being the best removal spell, almost the best removal spell in the format, definitely helps white but I think that like it benefits most and why we're seeing it this first weekend it makes total sense that aggressive decks tend to prosper in the first couple weeks of a new format and it's simply yeah. because the most aggressive cards are right now white like you have the synergy with lieutenant uh, with uh, uh, always watching you have the synergies with lieutenants uh, with Thalia's lieutenant and all these two one for one all these humans that are Two ones for one, and uh, then you have even the mid-range decks where Knight of the White Orchid is still in this format, and you know Reflector Mage is also a human. And then they go, they go bigger with Avison or uh, Avison or Angel, Archangel of Tithes.
1: They could also go with the Ojitai, like Colin Styles. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. Right? I,
0: I think it's really, it's really interesting. I don't know how long these white decks are going to reign. Uh we did see a couple there was the you know Todd Anderson's blue red control list that looked really interesting uh there was a couple other grixis control decks running around and john and like bant, bant company as well is obviously not as white as the other decks but uh this is a this is a super fun format
1: yeah, I wouldn't uh, be on an A-team episode and do it any justice if I didn't mention the fact that Shaheen Sarani has actually been posting a pile of lists as well. <laughs> and uh, who's that? Who's that guy? Uh, one of the ones that I think was really interesting that you posted. I mean, we we don't need to even talk about uh, what he's doing with Thopter Depths at this point. We can just we'll we'll or Thopter, We'll get to that later, but um like i mean he uh, he posted an update to his Jeskai dragons list and the one thing that really stood out to me was that he's been playing copies of ojitai's exemplars and he's really high on it right now because he just feels like you know in a non-siege rhino format uh there is a lot of things happening with that card so that could be something Mm, that's really interesting but yeah, his list actually here. Uh, four Brin's Prodigy, four Draconic Roar, three Avacyn's Judgment, four Reflector Mage, four Stasis Snare, uh, four Thunderbreak Regent, two Nahiri, two Gideon Ally Zendikar, two Ojutai's Command, three Dragonlord Ojutai and two Chandra Flamecaller. And then the lands are the lands, right? Uh, but in the board, like there's two exemplars in the board and two Knight of the White Orchid. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It, he's really high on it. He might be up to three or some in the main. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see that that list looks pretty sweet. I mean, from a mid range perspective, Draconic Roar and I, I always got along. So
5: yeah, I know. Like it's it's just really interesting because it doesn't feel like there's any sort of like mid range took a real big hit. Mm, I, I don't think so. I I think it like with
4: Seed Rhino mid range. Okay. You know, you okay. Have yeah. to it you always had to respect the weird reach that the deck had and like it's it's just kind of changed up things and it's it's even looking at the format and just saying like i i don't feel like there's the same type of control aspects anymore i don't feel like there's that you know uh whatever you call the just guy black type deck anymore i don't think that that's a thing and how that deck kind of choked down everything all these other decks are kind of viable, and then you have like your aggressive deck that happens to be white this time, you have your Bant deck, which uh, is like the old Bant decks where it just valued and tempoed you, and that's really cool, and then you've got something like this, where it's just got all of these really cool cards, all powerful cards, and can kind of play this control game, has ways to deal with everything, ways to get cards, uh, like, advantage, and you know, maybe its weaknesses it can get beat up early on, but I don't know. Like I, I, it's funny because all of a sudden I'm a bit more excited about Standard, and that's been a long time since.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you think that one of the problems I have with this format, one of the worries that I have, is that for all the work that Wotsey is doing planting a black red deck, that throughout this standard format it may just not be good enough especially compared to the white decks
5: Uh, i'm not too worried about that i'm not too worried
4: like it's it's the case that they build decks that they hope people will play with and hope that the cards will work out with and sometimes it just doesn't happen but that's why we play like i don't think that White is going to be this crazy dominant thing because there's still lots of time to have the format develop. Um, I I see the white deck. I think it's really neat. I've played White Weenie at GPs before, like when mm-hmm. it was never any good. Like when, uh, whatever that four maned demon that you had uh, people could ta- uh, sack things to tap it. When that thing was That's running, around, I did. was trying to play White Weenie, like <laughs> mono black time. So, mm-hmm.
5: done time. Uh, I I think that deck's really cool. I I just, I'm liking decks that just couldn't quite
4: cut it from previous standard, who now all of a sudden have a little bit more stretching room to kind of do some fun things. Well, like what? Well, like we've got this, uh, we've got this Esper controlled list that it feels like some of the older control lists that might just be a little bit better because it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have some of the constrictions out there. Um, I'm really stoked about this list that I just put in the chat, uh, that got 33rd at the open, and that was an Esper demonic
5: pack deck. <laughs> so the right pack is like a crazy card,
1: isn't? Isn't Charles League? Didn't he get mentioned all the time on the? Oh God, there was another podcast. Oh God, it was it had uh, Chris Casby and Daniel Sale and those guys. What the hell was the name of that show? Uh, anyways, Charles League was one of the guys that they played with in that area locally. So, and he was always pretty good. This is a Starfield of Nick's deck. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is, yeah.
0: I heard about place. this deck.
1: Yeah. So,
5: like, and it's crazy because it runs Angelic Purge in the main deck because you can sacrifice a demonic pack. <laughs> um, it has Wasteland Stranglers to go with
4: your Silk Wraps in your your stasis snares, so when they, you exile the thing, you can do that to them. And then maybe you sack your silk wrap with an angelic purge to kill something else, and then you can starfield feeling nicks to get something else. So it's got, like, all these little pieces that seem to play into it. Deadweight becomes, like, a reoccurring minus two, minus two, uh, so killing small creatures off your starfield. Obviously, you have the demonic pack. You still can, like, do, like, the old-school disperse or Solomgar's Command. Uh, but you still have like the Angelic Purge as a new way to get rid of it. So that's kind of cool. Um, just really interesting. And then if you have a Starfield
5: out, you can even use your removal on your own Demonic Pact if you need.
1: Well, I'll tell you, a card I'm really impressed with is Soren Grim Nemesis as a control finisher. I think that card is like absurd right now.
4: Yeah, like that's that's a really, really neat card. I'm excited to play it.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like it's controls. It's this generation of controls, Elspeth.
4: Well, just the fact that like even the minus mm. X, the fact that you gain life, like, yeah. just feels
5: so good.
1: And, and he hits with six too, right? So like, he
5: can, yeah, yeah, he can do some he, do some good work. He's good. You tired of playing against Elspeth? Like, it's the time just done. too bad that he looks so
4: gimpy. I can't argue with you. Like, I don't get cards alter. I'm not a card alter guy. But like, if I ran this deck, I might want to like just even just give him a facelift or something. Try and shave a few <laughs> years off of him. You know, like he just
1: <laughs> he
4: looks like somebody left him out in the sun. He's like a raisin. He like he too too grim for right your
1: liking, huh? Too too grim. Yeah. They went too far.
0: Way too grim. Way too grim. Mm-hmm. I have to say though. One of the things that got me about these specific standard decks is that am I crazy or is this one of the least powerful, most weird standard formats that we have seen in a long time? I mean, we have people playing Thraben Inspector in a constructed format. They're
4: playing I don't
5: a think one white, one fair to say that they've
4: pulled back on the the reins a little
0: bit. Oh, a lot. I mean, like yeah. when our pre our premier removal is silk wrap or declaration in stone. You know, we have somebody playing sinister concoction. This Esper deck has a sinister
5: concoction in it. Mm-hmm. This is bizarre. I like sinister concoction. That card's awesome. <laughs> okay. Why why do you like it? Because he's Jeremy. Because it destroys a creature. Like, how do you deal with Big Eldrazi? Uh,
0: This deck, Stasis Snare, and...
5: Sinister Concoction. It comes back. It's a (laughs) destroyed thing, and it comes back with Starfield of Nyx. Okay. I can see that. Like, just a one mana, I have to pay one life, but I get to kill every creature you have? Like...
0: And discard a card.
5: And discard a card.
0: Which is very real. You only get, you know, Sinister Concoction back. You don't get a
5: card and Sinister Yeah, but you get a card every turn. Yeah. It's true. Demonic Pact, you get lots of cards. How absurd is Ultimate Price right
4: now?
1: Like, that card's really good right now.
5: I don't um, know. Ultimate Price seems pretty good.
1: It just, it's, it's weak against Eldrazi. Oh, is that the only one? Because they're technically devoid, so they're not monocolored. Is that the rule? They have no color. I wasn't playing. So there's that. Although when you take a look at how many Eldrazi lists there were, like there weren't that many in especially no. in the Star City event. Like there really weren't. I'm looking at maybe three or four in the top twenty-five. Five Five maybe? It's a lot of, you know, the humans and Bant company. Like most of the creatures in Bant are are monocolor. I don't know if Davis's list is I don't know if this bounding Crisis is a new thing or whether that's been just regular with Jace, but I mean having a two a two mana spell that kills Jace also is super important, right? So yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's really good right now. I'm just looking at it, I'm clicking through the lists that were
5: here and yeah, it seems like a good removal. That's all. Another question I
0: had, what do you guys think of madness in this format? Is it possible to play a madness deck without Jace? Oh.
5: Oh, without Jace, maybe, but would you want to? Like, I don't think the Madness cards are strong enough. Okay. So
1: Todd like, played. I four... like I like Todd Anderson's list. It had some yeah. Madness. He played four copies of the Tormenting Voice to enable it too. And
0: uh, the The, the one oh, mana. Yeah. Uh, draw two or discard one, draw two.
1: Yeah, makes you discard yeah. a land. He's card also got though, lightning so axes. Is...
0: Oh.
1: Lightning axes, sweet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
5: Lightning axe to fiery temper, so two mana to do five and
1: three. Yeah.
5: Yeah, that's really good. I kinda like his list also. Like Thing in the Ice blows my mind. How it's a twenty two dollar card.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? Modern baby
4: modern. It,
1: that's unbelievable to me. Well the other thing too is you gotta figure Hex Mage still exists, right?
4: Yeah, I know. I, I know why it exists. Like I know yeah, okay. why it's it's this expensive, but like holy shit, it's expensive. Like, I was just on my face-to-face account, and uh, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pick up the cards for the Demonic Pack deck, and I'm going to pick up the cards for the Blue-Red Control deck. And then it's just like, oh, face-to-face doesn't have any Chandra's. So, it seems like Chandra's are maybe a thing to, to have. Um, and then I well, look at the ice, and I'm like, holy crap.
1: I think, I think there's <laughs> an ability on Chandra that maybe we all forget, in conjunction with Madness, but like your middle ability does say discard all the cards in your hand, then draw yeah. that many cards, plus one. Yeah. so yeah, that, you know <laughs> that,
4: that that might be a decent madness enabler
1: It's <laughs> cute right? i
4: also like it like he's running four drownyard temples in this deck the fourth place star city games deck so it's like discard some drownyard <laughs> temples and then like oh i didn't do anything okay i guess i'll pay three mana to ramp
1: also works real well with Magnetic insight yeah okay sweet yeah, yeah just picked up on that uh hi i'm new here
2: yep
4: yeah jace you know discard to jace okay Discard 2 Magnetic, Discard 2 Tormented, Discard 2 Chandra, Discard... Now, disc- discard. Is,
1: is this Jory and Ruin Diver really worth the slot here? Uh,
0: right. That's what I thought. I, I don't think so, but I didn't play the deck.
1: Drawing cards is neat. Yeah, it's a 2-3 three for 3. I mean, is it really good? But it draws cards. How many cards does it have to
5: draw to make it worth? I don't know. I'm not sure. 3? 3? <laughs> i
1: don't know two maybe it's got it's got to be it's not just one like it's got to be at least two i you might you might catch me on three i just you stack that up compared to the other cards that you're up against for like three mana in this format right now and i mean this a little two, But three. i think
4: that this deck is getting the reach right like isn't it the reach round that you need from this deck and joran gives well, you the ability to reach more
1: I mean, like, how much value do you need? You're drawing a million D cards with Magmatic Insight and Tormenting Voice anyway, plus the fucking goggles to make them run, right? Like, Yeah.
5: Like, I think I'm
4: siding this card out in most of my things. Like, my sideboard, when I figure out what I want for my sideboard, I think that Jory's probably the first to hit the bench.
5: Yeah, I think so. So, standard is exciting.
4: Standard! uh...
5: White beanies of thing. Why we need
0: there's actually like that's the crazy part about this deck is that there's like there's three ways to build it. Yeah. You know, there's the mono one drop version that's super aggressive, and then there's the slightly bigger version that plays Archangel of Tithes and stuff like that, and then there's the like mid rangey control version that plays both Archangel and Avison, and basically just uses the Knight of the White Orchid as like a silver knight to uh hold down the fort while you buys you time and gets the big stuff
4: i will like to shout out to an older episode i don't know when but it was probably right after uh magic origins came out where i said geez i really hope that there's a standard deck that comes along that plays kithion so i can get rid of my foil korean one (laughs) wish has been granted yeah thank you magical gods
0: So, uh, Modern also
5: happened this weekend. Yeah, oh. who cares? Oh. <laughs> Shut up! Was there a Thopter and a Foundry? There there was. There was. And some Visions. And
0: uh, no Eyes. No Eldrazi even, actually. That's the crazy part, is that
5: that deck took a big hit. Yeah. Absolute crap-kicking. And uh, it it may be that, that it just needs
0: more time to figure out what that deck looks like without I. I definitely think
5: there's a deck there, but uh I don't know. If it can't have both I and I and Temple, maybe it's just worth it to play something else. I'm not sure. Or not.
1: We're definitely into a series of aggressive strategies. That you know, people are still playing those I mean, they were trying to use them to combat uh, Eldrazi anyway, right? You're looking at things like Affinity and Infect in particular, standouts for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who play Merfolk always play Merfolk. That's just how it is. So you can't really get away from those. Uh, but what really stood out to me was uh, the presence of Scapeshift coming back because Scapeshift, if I'm not mistaken, was basically absent for quite some time, right? Because had difficulty beating Twin. And uh, and it was just too slow for the Eldrazi decks.
5: Uh basically, it
0: it was still like a powerful deck. It just got faster. the mm-hmm. The decks basically cut every color except red, green, and just focused on scape shifting as fa- fast as possible, or playing a titan as fast as possible. And that's that's a that's still, like, not a fantastic strategy when your see- opponent is playing Thought Not Seer and just tearing your hand apart.
1: Sure, sure. But now that that's gone, you see the return to Rugscape Shift in Daredevil's first place list, which I think is hot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's when the the, the format is now not, which is crazy at, to say that, like, that the format is not as aggressive as it used to be when you look at all these results where it's like niazu Red Green Aggro, or Red Green Blitz, Infect, Affinity, it's actually less aggressive <laughs> than what the format used to be, which was turn two Thought Not seers and turn three Reality Smashers and all this crazy stuff that was going on. So the, the, the aggro decks are now fair, and now the affinity decks, and in fact, they're combo decks now. They're the actual combo decks in the format. Uh, but yeah, Burn is back. Uh, Zoo is back. Red Green Blitz is here. Uh you can see one of the things that we postulated was that Gore Clan Rampager was going to make uh a comeback at least for the time at least for now uh because decks that attack want to be able to get through Thopter tokens. Yep. And we were like, well, what gets through Thopter tokens? Trample. Easy enough. Trample. So uh and Gore Clan Rampager makes total sense in that deck. Uh it goes wide, it goes big and wide, which is really cool and uh, basically tries to overload those decks before they can do their thing. Uh, we uh, didn't see was interesting between the two events because we saw the top eight of one, the Canadian one, uh, won by a deck that was allowed to exist because of Thopter Sword with uh, gifts ungiven. And uh, who won that one, KYT.
2: Uh no none other than Lucas Seao. Lucas Seal. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta you gotta you gotta
5: pay attention when Lucas Cial is winning.
2: And uh
0: yeah, he won with a Gifts, uh Esper Gifts deck. Uh Esper like splash green uh four gifts and a whole bunch of bunch of stuff. But other than that, though, the top eight looked fairly uh fairly normal, except for the Grixis decks who were packing Uh, Goblin Dark Dweller, and using Ancestral Visions to basically reload. And we don't, we haven't seen, at least to my knowledge, a blue-white deck control deck that Ancestral Visions was supposed
5: to enable, emerge from this format. Uh, What do you guys think of that? Uh, I think it's really
1: going to depend on, like, I mean, blue-white control has never really been that good. Correct right like it's only good when it is paired with the red generally for you know the reach of the burn and you you know burn snapper and all that sort of garbage uh, failing or if you're trying to ridiculously combo off Alisha McLaren um, and it's always been the Esper with the discard and the other benefits like gifts or whatever that you're splashing right so blue white control by itself I mean it was really only ever a tier 2 deck uh, even with visions i don't see how that changes i mean you're getting a little bit of extra card draw but it doesn't change the core of the deck like it if you're going to be playing thopter foundry sword in it then you have the option to either play blue white or you can play uh esper right and you just get way more like with the thought with the cards like inquisition and thoughtsies like they just go right along with that and i mean having access to black as well with potential um, you know, agent, agent of bolus in the sideboard to kind of combat the, uh, potential stony silence style stuff, uh, is really, really important. Again, I mean, I, I got to do it, but like Shaheen's blue, black list that he's been posting, it looks really tight. <laughs> I, I gotta do it guys. I'm sorry, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's legitimately good. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I mean, the muddle, the mixtures obviously in this are, are great. Um, you know, it's a huge card for that combination. And I know that, uh, uh he's been he's playing more of a traditional control list with the sort of Thopter uh Thopter Foundry combo as sort of his kill condition. Um whereas the other way to go with it is you're looking at things like like Jerry and uh and Lucas who are doing, you know, obviously the gifts uh the gifts hybridization for that too. So you kinda you can win a couple different ways so you don't just get completely hosed by some, you know, extra hate. Which is coming anyway, because everybody wants Affinity off of Planet X. So, I don't know. Affinity's fine. I think so, too. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, that's (laughs) just like, oh, fuck Affinity. Yeah, I'm just,
4: I'm not disagreeing with you either. I'm just saying Affinity's fine. I'm allowed to say that.
1: I actually really like... I'm grown, I can do what I want. I like Matt Muehling's deck. I I like Matt Muehling's deck. And there's, like, no bias there whatsoever. You know, it's not like I have any respect for the guy and his zoo kudos at all. Um, hi, Matt. Uh, I I like this list a lot. There's a lot going on here, which I really appreciate. And uh, and if I were to, you know, be given a choice of some decks to play in this format, uh, this would definitely be uh, in my top three decks to play in this format right now. And I appreciate the
0: card
4: Harm's Way
1: seventy five. Oh, it's so spicy. Harm's like, Way. I, what? Yeah, Harm's yeah. Way. It's in his main deck. It's just such a blowout. Yeah, in a, in a zoo deck like this is such a blowout because like fucks oh the yeah yeah, Ultra redirects or whatever like it's so hot yeah yeah I, everything about this seventy five I think is fire
5: On yeah fire it's cool it's cool I'm definitely not... I wonder if this is uh I, I wonder if like
0: does, is Tarmogoyf and Smiter like where you want to be with a uh, chump block format.
1: Well, I mean realistically, Gorklain you've got Rampage anyway. Well, yeah,
0: you have Gork Rampage, by the but... time
1: they've got us so, so here's the thing that that's a string of note. Mm-hmm. Um by the time they set that up in game 1, they're probably dead.
5: Uh Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Right? Game 2, you've got access to Three Stony Silence uh and two Ancient Grudge.
0: Yeah. And Bonfire. Yeah,
4: Bonfire. And
1: bonfire right? <laughs> and I mean you can easily trade out those cards like Smiter. Uh for voice of resurgence, because that deck wants to play all on your turn anyway, right? So there are tons of options. I mean, you can upgrade those those four fours to things like thrun too, so you know you're gonna jam them, right? There's just so many, so many things to do. And you're right, rampage is insane. It, it goes a long way. Plus, scavenging news too. Uh you can kind of interact on the stack, right?
0: Oh yeah, scavenging news gives you a lot of maneuvering. Well,
1: we didn't even talk about the, the four main deck of solid pride mage. Like Matt was not losing. Oh to- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was not losing to that. <laughs> So, anyways, I like it. I like that deck a lot. I and having I took some time today as well and I was going over like the full list uh like almost all the decks that were posted in the modern event on the SGG. And I have to tell you like out of all of the, the Zoo or aggro decks, like Matt stands out. Like it, he is a very 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 uh intelligent and capable Zoo player in modern like aggro in general. Yeah, I would I would certainly be happy to sleep that up, man. That deck's insane. I'm also Would excited- you say
4: that the top 8 list the face-to-face tournament might be a better list to study than the top eight list
5: from the Star City Modern? For Niazune in particular? Yeah. Yeah, not close. No, not for Niazune, for just in general.
1: Oh, would it be a... Well, so Modern is, like, super big in Toronto. Like, it is the go-to format for basically everybody in the city. Uh And... It is. Like, off-
4: I feel like I'm going to learn more from looking at the face-to-face results than I am from looking at the Star City. Like, did you see the deck that got 30th place at the Star City games?
5: Can we draw attention to this wonderful list? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me look it up. White,
1: white, red angels deck. Yeah. Yeah. Four blood moon. Okay. Four bane'slayer angel. Four guardian seraph. <laughs> yes, that's guardian seraph. One sunblast angel. One Gisela, Two linvala. Okay. The, the, the spells are 4 Blood Moon, 4 Leyland Sanctity, 2 Celestial Flare, 2 Dawn Charm, 3 Faith Shield, 1 Riot Control, 3 Sudden Shock, 2 Day of Judgment, and 2 Wrath of God. no! <laughs> oh, so we got to go through the mana base. That deck is
2: spicy.
5: 9 Planes, 4 Snow-Covered Planes, 4 Battlefield Forge, 1 Cavern of Souls, 4 Cliff Retreats, 2 Sacred Founders.
1: This is literally binder up.
4: This is an FNM list. This is not even an F and M list. This is like a an F and M list. This is a kitchen table list.
5: Yeah. This
3: I... is a list of cards that I'm trying to sell so I can get to GP Toronto.
4: Yeah. He has Angel's Grace in
5: his sideboard because it has the word Angel in it. It's an Angel deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got it. Got it. I I can't argue with you. I don't
0: know. I do think there are some some merits to a card like Celestial Flare, for example. Especially if you lo- you're, we're looking at Sean Dalawal's six place list and Matt Milling's nine list. These decks are going
5: really big, yeah. With one big creature, and Celestial Flare handles that fairly well. Yep.
4: I love how diplomatic you are, Matt.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I'm not being. <laughs> this, I, this is, this a is modern
4: fire, but you're like
1: Celestial
0: yeah. Flare is a pretty good card. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it can be a good card.
1: 73 <laughs> of the 75 of this deck is hot fucking garbage. But Celestial Flare is a two-of. Seems pretty spicy right now in the format of hey, tournament? Blood,
0: Blood Moon Blood is Blood also really good. I
1: know. Or Celestial,
0: Blood. like Leyline of Sanctity, main deck Leyline of Sanctity, yeah. you're just gonna get people
1: all all of those things together.
5: And Bane Angel is not bad. It's not bad. It, yeah. it gets pathed a lot.
1: Still, still dead, still dead in turn three from Zoo. One no, of the... the angel graces you. How do you do <laughs> that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angel's grace
4: opens. Angel's grace, and so then he follows it up with like a riot control. <laughs> uh, what does
0: riot control do? You gain a life for each creature your opponent controls, and then you fog. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can
1: we um can we take a look at Dylan Donegan's list from twentieth uh, place, the Graces Control list, real quick? so Let one of the cards quick. sure so one of the cards that i feel has been that I, i've been like as i've been going through a lot of the lists and the grixis and stuff one of the ones that has kind of dropped off the radar for a while was Tazigar. and the point that you make earlier matt about it being a you know more of a chump block format makes makes a lot of sense for cards like Taziger and germag angler whose payoff is you know dropping this absurdly large creature on turns three or before um is interesting, but, like, you combine that with Thing in the Ice, and now it kind of, it becomes a lot more interesting, right? And and I think that, you know, the, there's an interesting line to be drawn here with it, the the natural synergy between, you know, Thing in the Ice and these Del creatures, because you're going to be burning absurd quantities of spells really fast, and then you know, you flip your Thing in the Ice, and then you drop a fucking Angler and Tazigar in the same turn. You know, like, it seems like it could be it could be pretty neat and a lot of the spells here are really well suited to, you know, combat those uh the the new combo, right? And Ancestral Vision is there for your your reloads. Coligan's command is still legit, like Oh, this looks
4: pretty and hot then too. In the sideboards, you got the Static Staticcaster, which is just like
1: I am a huge fan of his static Staticcaster. Let's let's call let's let's not kid ourselves. If I were actually playing in a modern tournament for some reason, I would snap on team guys right now because it looks really good <laughs> <To> <laughs> um, matching, link like, this you can
4: static caster in response to the sword trigger so the sword is just
0: fucked uh, yeah. so. also one of the things I wanted to point out with Coligan's Command and Thing of the Ice, uh, they work together, Yeah. The thing of the Ice costs two and uh, Cull Against Command can bring it back
5: should you need to do that so that's also a thing uh, I'm kind of excited. The the, yeah. Uh, thing in the ice. Uh, I, was, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was messing around with my affinity list last night, trying to make changes, or two nights ago, actually, trying to make changes about uh, for the new format. I'm actually really cool. Uh, I feel good knowing that I was on the right track in that etched. I moved basically all of my etched champions back to the main and master out. Yeah. Uh, that I wanted to main deck three or four Galvanic Blast, as well as a couple, you know, as well as some some number of thought Cast and uh, basically go that route, uh, with you know Ancient Grudges in the board and uh some combination of Whip Flares and Illness in whip the Ranks player, or whatever. So uh, yeah, I felt good that that little metagame, those metagame decisions
5: were were uh. Uh, confirmed. So with a deck that I play, that was nice. But I don't usually play. Sweet. But ooh, magic content. Yes. Yeah. What I said? Magic content. Nope. Not <laughs> happening. <laughs> so KYT, do you have any uh
0: any observations on modern? Or do you even care really?
5: Uh, nope, not yet. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, KYT. You can go back to being quiet for a couple minutes. Jeez.
4: So, uh, are you just focused on standard right now, KYT? No, you you don't even really care. You're not playing in the tournament.
2: No, yeah, I don't. But I'll be testing. I'll be testing, helping people out.
5: So, we do see in the top, if you want to look at
0: the 19th place list, it is Blue White Foundry. So, it is straight up a uh, Thopter Sword Clan Ironworks
5: combo deck that yeah. is definitely something yeah it's it's eggs with Thopters yeah
1: now when somebody actually breaks the Time Sieve version of that deck like I'm interested only only for shits and giggles but you know I think that uh, I think one it's of the whole... for all the people who overpaid on Time Sieves you think? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, the jump, that card jumped from $3 to
1: $12. Oh my God.
0: In a day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and Tezzeret the Seeker, or it's not the
4: Seeker, it's uh, Agent of Yeah.
1: I, I think he's, by the way, Agent of I think, is the only one that's actually going to see play with this archetype. Like, I don't, oh, think, yeah. I don't think Tezzeret the Seeker is going to make it, no. but uh, Agent of Bolas is fine. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I'd really like to see a list, you know, do something. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah.
1: Interesting. You know what happens when it gets put into the Moto Vault. It's
5: okay. Like
1: everybody plays it all.
5: And uh, one thing I wanted to also look at Green Red Tron without eye. I just wanted to see yeah. what... Sanctum Sanctum Ugin takes over its spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so they just play one Ulamog
0: and, and one World Breaker, so they just get... They went a little smaller, which is crazy. <laughs> when you think about it. But yeah, it's basically the same
5: deck it looks like, for the most part. Sanctum
1: yeah. of Boogan? What is this? Yeah,
5: Sanctum of Ugin. So you have your Sanctum of Boogan out, and no, then you I'm, cast a card, and then you're going get a new one.
1: Go, go, Googling Sanctum of Boogan.
4: Oh, uh, it is a rare card. Uh, it for it. mana. Oh! No. Well, I'm telling it for the fans if they okay. haven't been paying attention forever cast a colorless spell, convert a mana cost 7 or greater, you may sacrifice it. If you do,
5: search your library for a colorless creature card. Reveal it. Put it in your hand. Shuffle your library. Huh. Alright. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. play Karn and sacrifice that and get something ridiculous. Yep, okay. okay. Umar. Sure. sure.
0: Yeah, we also see the change in the format in that this deck only plays one Pyroclasm and three Kozilek's return. Uh, it definitely that to me speaks that the format is not
5: uh conducive like is very Zoo very three butts yep. has a lot of three butts yep that makes a lot of sense yep. sweet Modern looks fun I'm excited to uh, test in it and do all that stuff
0: mm-hmm.
5: is this Jay hunting all of his cards I think so I it is, so. yeah. Okay. So this is magic. If you're card, one man. of those crazy
4: CSI
0: people. You can find out what cards he's selling
4: and for what price before everybody else.
5: That's right.
0: <laughs> so moving on to the like there's been some pretty big magic announcements made today. Holy
5: so, shit, yeah. Uh
0: and not just, you know, modern and standard. It's actually huge changes in the judge program.
5: Yeah, massive changes, judge program. What happened? Uh, okay, so uh, we've all heard of, like, L4s and L5s, right? Sure. Like, yeah,
3: there were, like, five levels, L1s, of, LCs, there like five levels of Judge before.
4: Yeah, exactly. So what they did is they said they don't need to have L4s and L5s anymore. They don't really need to exist because it didn't really make sense what they kind of did. And with the changes to the way that we have way more GPs, it used to be that you had to have an L4 Judge run a GP. Yeah, And there wasn't enough L4 judges to really just take care of the 100 plus, like, 100 GPs that we have a year now. Like, they were just maxed right out uh, between the L4s and L5s. And it wasn't necessarily 100 GPs, but it was the fact that, like, the GPs are so big now, you have to have, like, two L4s there. So they said, like, you, is an L4, somebody who judges above and beyond, like, GP level and, like, does, like, policy and does Running like being GP head judges and uh, is regional coordinators who are like trying to you know run their regions and stuff like that. And they said you know like that that's kind of what an L four was, but did they really need to have a whole level for it? So the main thought is is let's bring it back down. Let's let's bring it back down to something really simple. Let's we already define that L ones are like store judges who run like regular REL events. Uh, they're capable of running GPTs, but for the most part they're running regular level events and they might help out with like uh, competitive level events in multi-judge tournaments uh, under like the uh, observation of an L2 or something like that whereas the L2s are the competitive level judges. They're the guys who are going to be running the competitive events in your town. They're going to be doing the PPTQs. They're going to be doing uh, WMCQs if they're in your area. They're going to be doing uh, just, you know, helping out with the GPTs. They're going to be the guys who are going to be uh, recruiting your L1s and getting you tested to get to your L1. Like they're the kind of somewhat leaders in the smaller area. And then you get your L3s and your L3s are your, you know, GP kind of main guys. These are the people who are going to be leading teams. These are going to be the established veterans. These are going to be the people who are going to be mentoring the L2s and stuff like that and kind of running that. And then what they decide to do is they're going to say L3 is where you get to. The L3 is actually at the top of the line. Once you have your L3, then you can get like an advanced role from there. You can become a regional coordinator. You can apply for that role, and it'll be like an 18-month term. Or you can apply to be a policy person, or you can apply to be a GP uh, head judge. So once you have your L3 and you've kind of built out this foundation and you're one of the key people and you've got your L3, then you can apply to get these advanced roles instead of saying that there's a whole new class of judge at the top there who's got to do it all. So it kind of breaks this thing in where it's like, I can dedicate 18 months to being a GP head judge and flying around and doing GPs on the weekends. I can dedicate 18 months to steering the direction that the judge program goes and being somebody who's an influence on it and kind of dictating policy on things. Uh, I can spend 18 months to being the regional coordinator for this area and running things. So there's not going to be a lot of those people, but there's still going to be enough to kind of fill out from the L3 role, and it's not going to have a whole different level of judge. It's just going to be a, like an application process. Um, so that's really kind of you know big news on the high-end front, and we're going to kind of see like a trickle-down of how that kind of plays out and what it makes things look like. But one of the really cool pieces came to it, and it's been one of my major gripes about the PPTQ system Uh, one of the big gripes I had gone to just to kind of refresh everybody is the fact that we didn't have enough L2s in Edmonton. We had a crap ton of PPTQs going and we had two guys who were like going insane trying to keep up with these tournaments. It was one guy for the longest time. He burnt himself out completely. Now we have two guys who are doing it and they're still like scrambling because there's a PPTQ every freaking weekend. Well, why that was a problem is in order to get to L2, you had to test with an L3. If you live in Edmonton, that means you have to get on a plane and go to a GP to do this test. And, like, that was just outrageous to think, like, that you actually have to kind of go through all of this to be able to do local tournaments. There are still a lot of remote areas that could host a PPTQ that would draw, you know, numbers to be legitimate, but have no chance of running them because... They don't even have the ability to get an L1 because they don't have an L2. So to get an L3, like it's just it's too much work for them to be doing this. They have to fly to multiple GPs just to kind of work themselves up the ladder. And they're not even getting really an opportunity to have any tournaments
5: to build the experience required. So one of the things that they did is they made it now that when you're an L2,
4: you'll be able to get a certification that lets you test people to become L2. And so that's awesome. Yeah. As an L2, you can get like my, I can make L2 certificate. So it's like an L2.5 maybe, or something like that. That gives you the ability to make other L2s. So if you don't have the ability to kind of do the stuff to get to L3, which it's getting from L2 to L3 is actually pretty difficult. Like you have to have the reviews. You have to lead a team. You have to do it in front of somebody. Like, one of the guys that I know who is trying his damnedest to kind of get there, like listening to his story of having to run his team and having like the veteran judge over him, and the veteran judge really kind of felt like he got uh, torpedoed the guy. Like it really is not a good news story, a feel-good story. It's really kind of like a, geez, that really happened? Like that's, that's the type of support you got from your mentor? It was, it was a real negative feeling story. And it's just like, okay, but this is our guy. This is our guy who's going to be the guy who can grow our judge community. And he just got torpedoed out. So it's just like, well, now he's got this thing where it's like, he doesn't have to go through all the BS to get to the L3. He can go and get this thing, which he 100% deserves to get and should have everything he needs to get in order to start christening other L2 judges to make it so that he can like actually live his life and not just be the PPTQ judge. So that's going to help, I think, in a great deal, push out PPTQs to more remote areas and make sure that there are more judges to kind of even the load. Um, So I'm really excited for that. The one area that still hurts, I think, is they haven't really addressed the L1 to L2, not necessarily in um, what's needed in the requirements, but more the fact that the way tournaments are now, when they got rid of like the local PTQs, there isn't. Very many multi judge tournaments that need to be run in areas. Mm -hmm. So, like for instance, it's hard for me to get competitive experience, especially in a multi judge tournament, which I need for my L two.
5: In a place where the only judge I or only tournaments I can run are GPTs, you know, like
0: that's actually one thing that I wanted to to ask you, Jeremy. Yeah, I've always felt like there's this weird confusion this weird space between L1 and L2. So for example, L1, they tell you that your responsibility is regular REL. Yes. That's, that's what they tell you. You're supposed to be able to judge FNMs. You're supposed to be able to judge pre-releases, regular you're in-store tournaments. You're supposed to be
4: a store judge. Correct. Like an L1 is supposed to be a store
0: judge. So here's where it gets weird and where it was clear for a really long time. Years ago, there used to be the competitive tournaments or GPTs, and ptqs yes you it's clear that you would not judge a ptq as a level one judge usually those were large regional events and they were big deals now oh, the problem yeah. you
4: you would see l1s on the floor but like you would never an l1 like like l1s would be like the we need a couple more guys so we're going to fill it with l1 ranks maybe the very odd um
5: l1 candidate like an l0 candidate yeah so basically what i what i'm getting at is that there then as
0: the years progressed we in addition to gpts we got iqs we got tcg player small store events we have a glut of these in-store size competitive level events that Mm -hmm. weirdly Level ones can judge, yeah, but they're not allowed to judge PT, PPTQs. They're not allowed to head judge
4: PPTQs. Correct. You can be on staff, but you can't head judge.
0: That's one thing that I've always felt is really weird: is that these we're throwing, we're taking these level one judges, and we're saying you're only supposed to worry about regular regular REL. Yeah, but you can judge a GPT by yourself. Yeah, which is competitive, which still has very clear ramifications. You're not qualifying for a Pro Tour, but you're putting somebody in charge of somebody's tournament where they want to win three buys that they're paying hundreds of dollars to fly to. Yeah, you're also putting them in charge of IQs where there are multiple, like many, many levels of cash prizes on the line. IQs can be anywhere from $250 tournaments to $2000 tournaments and you're we're saying that that it's okay for level 1s to judge those that's just weird to me
4: the problem is is like i think the problem is exactly what you're saying versus what i'm saying okay what you're saying is like that seems like more responsibility than an L1 should have because an L1 has not necessarily proven themselves to be able to handle or shoulder that responsibility uh, via, you know, the judge program like an L2 has proven through their tests and their other requirements that they are able to properly run an event of that stature, um, whereas an L1 has not done that. But the flip side to it is what events are an L1 supposed to do to build up experience to do those events? In the States, you actually have it much better because you have these TCG player tournaments. You have these Star City game tournaments. You have these tournaments that are actually pretty friendly to an L1 to gain experience under L2s because they're multi-judge tournaments, they're bigger tournaments. Yeah. Whereas we're actually blessed that face-to-face games is actually doing their thing in Canada because that's, actually, that, that's our actual solution. That's how we're kind of working our way through this problem is because when face-to-face shows up and does a tournament, we need to have three or four judges. We need to have a multi-judge tournament. And those multi-judge tournaments are where we're going to get the uh, experience without having to jump on a plane. Yeah. So it's like, thank you to KYT and, you know, doing the Man Super Series and letting it evolve to this point here because this is, this is where our judges, our local judges are kind of, getting their name and getting their reps in and learning how to do a bigger tournament and then being able to go to a GP and kind of working their way. Cause like, that's the worst part about a GP is even with the comp and stuff like
5: that. It's one of those things where it's like, you go at a hit and that that's the unfortunate part is that like for, for
4: Edmonton to get to a GP, like if they ever have another GP in Calgary, don't know why they would, but if they ever do like, you know, that's going to be our chance. But for the most part, like, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto. like You can always expect those three. And you go to any of those tournaments, you're going to go there at a hit. Um, yeah, and I that, guess... That kind of sucks.
0: I guess I'm just trying to remedy the idea that... I'm not against level ones getting competitive REL experience. I'm totally yeah. not against that. I want them to be able to learn all that that they need to know. My problem yeah. is when you get to, like for example, if you have a multi-judge tournament, even a multi-judge IQ, for example, you can have two level ones. I have judged an IQ where I have I am one of the level ones, and I am yeah. the I am the considered the head judge. Yeah, and I they're lucky that I know competitive REL as well as I do. But to say that two L ones can run a tournament like that that has competitive stakes, that has money on the line, is like, is kind of throwing them, it it kind of puts them in a weird spot where it's like, well, can I take this opportunity because I'm an L1 or should I not because it's competitive REL, well, and then the, the that, test, that, the level one test doesn't team. like, uh, true, true. The, the like level that, one that test doesn't involve it does.
4: There needs to be term- tournaments that exist for that to happen. So that the important tournaments, the PPTQs, the WMCQs, that those tournaments have proper judges, because those tournaments are a higher tier tournament. Yeah. Like a PPTQ versus a GPT, a PPTQ is a higher tier tournament. They're both competitive REL, but the stakes of a PPTQ versus the stakes of a GPT, I, you, you can't compare them.
0: True, but how do you com? How do you put that into policy how do you tell a to that they can't hire uh, I just want they, they I, I want do. a way to do this that makes it very clear because right now like I said it's nebulous where PPTqs you can have a 12 person PPTq and it requires a level two judge yeah that's kind of nonsensical when you consider oh, when you consider that when it's like absolutely. you can run an 18 20 30 fifty person GPT and all you need is one L1. Like, yeah.
4: That's, but that's just where weird. That's where there's the TO has to judge from that point there. Like They have their min requirement for the PPTQs because they want to have like a min requirement of what the judge competency is and stuff like that. TCG player, their tournaments and stuff like that, I'm sure that they could come out and say that a TCG tournament is supposed to have this type of, of judge. I don't know how they would be able to enforce it or whatever the case like that, but they could say that we want this type of judge there. Magic has said, like Wizards has said, this is what we want for judges on these different events. I think it's important that these GPTs exist. I think it's important that these GPTs get to be 30, 40 players so that there are multi-judge tournaments, so that a judge does get the chance to be a head judge of a multi-judge tournament because that is on his checklist to get to L2. So he's got to have these opportunities. He's got to have these opportunities so that he can write reviews because the reviews are a very big uh, part of the judge program. So I think that it's great that they have these tournaments and they need to have these tournaments. But it's one of those things where it really, really hurts that it's hard to get to L2, and it's hopefully going to be a lot easier under this new program. Uh, But you have to have these tournaments where you have these judges. And what's going to happen is the same thing that happened in Edmonton We had a judge who had a bit of a rough go. They had to do a little bit of growing. They had to learn a little bit to kind of change the way that they judge. And they're a better judge for it. And they're a fantastic judge. Like, they are doing great right now. They haven't hit L2, but they're, like, if they test anytime soon, I'm sure that they will be an L2 judge right away. Uh, But they took a little bit of growing. And the community as a whole made that growing happen. because. They essentially said, "We don't really want to have this judge around. We don't think that this judge is really doing things for it." And it put pressure on the TO, and then that puts pressure back on that judge to say, "Ship up or shape, uh, you know, shape up or ship out." So,
0: yeah, I don't like the idea of putting. If you think about it, Watsi has control over one aspect of the play experience, and that is judging. That is their thing. Like that is their official capacity at a Magic tournament. Yeah. Now to say that oh, it's the responsibility of the TO to correctly staff their event in this specific situation, I yeah. believe is incorrect. I believe it leaves too much margin for error for for inexperienced judges who just happen to be level one who get paired with a TO who does not do his homework well enough, or maybe he just likes this guy, but he just happens to have never seen this new judge. And that's, it's completely within the rules for him to judge this. Let's just say a 40 person IQ, for example, or a 40 yeah. person, whatever.
5: Yeah.
0: And then uh, in this situation, you have a tournament experience ruined, but for the players, because there's no policy president, precedent for something like this, what I think would be would be helpful is maybe a competitive level certification for level one judges. I don't want these I don't want these judges, I don't want to take away opportunities from these judges, but there has to be a way for them to get for them to basically illustrate that they can in fact run run a competitive level event when when required, run run it well. And uh,
4: see, and that's that's the thing is that an L one test gives the person the tools that they need. It does not. It does not. L1. It
0: tests only on regular REL. And that's it. Like that's L one's. It's drilled into your head that you know regular REL. Yeah, you need to know. You need look, to know rules. Look
4: at the look at the know, judging. You don't need to know IPG. That's that's true. You don't have to know your Correct, IPG. But that's that. competitive. You don't know, you need to know your jar, and you need to know your rules.
0: Th- that's yeah. What that that's what I'm saying is that even on the judge page itself. It says, level one, your responsibility is
5: regular REL. So then go to whoever's running these TCG player events and say, make it an L2 event.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that like right now we're kind of we're shitting on our, our L1 judges who can't get to L2. And we're talking about ways to take away their ability to judge these events like we're making it harder, which I think is just kind of bullshit. And I think as a TO, you do have to be responsible for these things. You have to be responsible for a lot of things. Like, a lot of areas will have key judges. Judges that everybody knows. People who are kind of running their cities or whatever like that, who are their first contacts. And, like, that guy there is going to be able to help you make sure you got good staffing for your tournament.
1: I think there's two points that really need to be, like, have the light shone on here. And, and Matt, you started with the point to say that Wizards only has control over one aspect of the play experience and and I'm, and I'm not sure i agree with you because you you also then followed up with the with the other item which was you know what if a, a to is trying to put these things together so on and so forth and doesn't do their homework the end of the day the other thing that watsi has control over is who's running these events and Jared, you just just made the point to say that it does fall to the to to do their job properly too so I think that it, it there's definitely are two shoulders to to bear this as far as the the play experience goes and I think that it's really really important that we do continue to foster the community obviously and try to promote that growth that we need in order to like because this system needs to grow there needs to be changes to the judge program to help facilitate the growth of the game right because you're right attendance is ridiculous there's things happening all the time there's PPTQs everywhere it's so like very yeah. obviously something needed to change. But I think that, you know, trying to lay the responsibility for the play experience on one group versus the other, I think is uh, I, I I don't agree with that. I think it, it we all have to do it together. And you know what? If there are TOs that are shitting the bed, then they need to be held accountable for shitting the bed. And I know that the community does a really good job of that. Um there are yeah. there are TOs that are not allowed to do GPs anymore for that reason, as an example. Um so I think that. I think it does fall to wizards, but I think that it, it's got to be both teams holding up the end of the stick here. Yeah,
5: yeah
4: I and definitely. There has to be an allowance for a bad call to happen.
5: Yeah, I, I I'm, all, I, I think also
0: that maybe, maybe one of the solutions is to open the doors more for, more for to there to be more L twos and we're because oh, like 100%. i want
4: 100 yeah with you. like that's my big beef is we need more l2s it's just getting to l2 was freaking really difficult yeah because you had to be in a place that was already saturated with l3s in order to get l2s to get saturated and that just didn't exist so this new l2 thing hopefully we get more l2s who can make more l2s so that we can start saturating with more of these l2s because honestly if you're going to have an iq or something like that if you're a to you should be approaching your L2 first. You just should be. Unless you know that there's a good L1 in the area, you should be going towards the L2.
5: But that, there's no policy that says that they have to. They don't like, have to. Of course, that's the problem. But they shouldn't have to. Mm, I, I disagree. Unless like, unless like, whoever's, if it's a Star
4: City Games tournament, like their tournament series, and they say, we want you to go through the effort of trying to find an L2, or we want our judge manager for our event to be an L2 or something like that, then they can do that, and that might be part of your process of actually getting your tournament. But I don't think you can put that onto them, because what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to make sure that the tournament can fire, so they're going to want an L1. And if they get the wrong L1 for the job, well, that kind of falls onto the TO, because the TO has got a lot of resources. They can reach out to the regional coordinator. They can reach out to whoever, like, the name in the Uh, In in the area, like whoever like the guy I talk to about judges in your city is, like they should have at least that much knowledge before they go and fire off one of these events.
0: But there's no policy to stop them from doing that, and then they ruin the experience of 35 players. That's that's a problem to me. Like the idea that
4: any one can judge any
5: 35 players, the TO ruins the experience. Yeah. It, It may maybe it's it's uh, it's Okay.
1: Can I can I like I just got to I, I got to call time out here in the middle cuz like you guys are going to continue to just <laughs> not agree for the next hour and frankly That's I'm true. not going to sit here for the next hour and listen you guys disagree with you another So you've built yes! fantastic points by the way and 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 there are <laughs> certainly some major things to consider on both sides and it really depends on I think what your perspective is, and what's important to you. And Matt, you made it perfectly clear that the experience of the 35 people is what's important to you. And I think that's, that's awesome. And Jer, I think that your point is, is that you need to allow the judges to grow. And I think that, and part of making mistakes is part of that. And you know what, ultimately, you're both right. But what's the answer? There isn't one yet. But I think that I think no, you're done. I think it's that very true. No no, it's no, very true. no, no, no,
4: no, 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 to... no, 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 no. You're Please. not a host on here. I don't get to know from you.
5: <laughs> oh, uh,
4: um, so what did I'm did saying? They is, hire you? Yes. A tournament That's can it. definitely get ruined by a bad judge call. I've seen it happen. It is a true thing that can happen out there. Yeah. That really, really, really stinks. But I, one thing that I always feel about is that this type of discussion. Makes it really seem like an L one judge is not a real judge. That that's that's the one place that this dialogue I always feel like it goes to, and I just don't think that's fair because I, for every one bad tournament, there's probably fifty that have run great.
0: Yeah, I don't. I actually don't. I'm definitely not coming from that perspective at all.
4: No, but I, I yeah, that's all that I'm. I'm good with now.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I I believe judges of all levels are very important, and they. If you pass your L one test, you you can like that's you are a judge, and you should be respected as a judge, and you should function as a judge. My response, my my thing is strictly the assuming that every L one knows comp rels rel stuff when it's not it's not told to them that they're supposed to know that, and then they're allowed to judge comp rel tournaments. That's all.
5: But GPTs aren't real tournaments.
0: Uh, They they have
1: real real things, real
0: prizes. Oh my god! It it makes or breaks somebody's flight. It makes or breaks.
1: Yeah. Is it sanctioned? Yep. Okay. Probably a real tournament. All right.
0: Good. (laughs) Good. Hey, they give away
4: airfare now, actually, which is pretty real.
1: Sick, right? I I I, listen. you, You guys, you guys have made the point to say with the level ones too, like, and maybe maybe part of the program and one of the dials that they turn is going to be making sure that they, they have that preparation appropriately, right? And for those, for those L1s, for those specific tournaments. And I think, you know, like I said, this will be something that we all grow with. We just, the program just got changed like today, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, things, things will grow and they will continue to shift and it will be all good.
4: Yeah. Like right now, what it's going to come down to is what is the actual, what is the, what is the implementation of this actually look like? And then the other thing is, is that they actually hinted in the article that there might be changes to GPTs in the future. I hope so.
0: Because, because a GPT such... is a competitive tournament <sighs> that
4: is expected to be run by a non-competitive judge.
0: Yeah, it's so they're so weird. I just always almost assume that they never fire unless really weird circumstances happen. It, uh... Uh, no, see in
4: Edmonton we our GPTs always fire. They oh, okay. fire good. They fire healthy, but that's because Edmonton, all the shopkeepers got together and said, well, if we charge a little bit more and then put all of that money into a travel voucher, people will come.
0: Yeah, you have to kind of juice the prize pool.
4: Yeah, that's what they do. That's- well, they juice the prize pool, but they juice the entry fees. Like, fuck, our GPT entry fees are almost the
5: same as GP Toronto. Oh. Holy fuck. <laughs> I, I would never play in one of those. But I get a plane ticket. So, so all of a
4: sudden, it makes a lot more sense, and the prizes are juiced with it. Like it's
5: Jesus. All right. So moving on, uh, we are
0: about at the end. So I do wanted to, I did want to remind everybody, we do still have an ongoing contest, the uh, short story contest for What's that, contest. GP Toronto, basically, they. I'm going to list off all the elements. We are uh, doing, the contest is, you use, it's a writing prompt. So you use these prompts to write a cool, funny story, and then we'll read it on the live stream in Toronto and dramatically. and Jeremy seems to want to do movie scenes so bad, so we'll give him some opportunity to voice act. Yes. But uh, so the, your protagonists for this story, are Gutter Snipe and glenolendra Pranksters, okay? Their weapons or tools or the two pieces of equipment they have are a Wand of Ith and an Amulet of Quaz. Their antagonist is Mangara of Corindor, and they have to stop him from emptying the pits. So, yeah, all of that is up for grabs. And you get bonus points for whole natural inclusions of other magic cards and all that. So, yeah, comment on any of the episodes leading up to Toronto or
5: email them to me at mattjmendoza at gmail.com. Sweet! Woo! (laughs) We made it! Yeah that's we did
1: well we um we are very soon to have some big uh party information forthcoming i believe we should have that hopefully hammered out by the time this actually goes live so if we do it will be in the show notes that's exciting yeah uh saturday night gp toronto party party time party down the look harry okay and a pile of fucking booze it will be balls. So come on out and party it up with us. It'll be the first time that we will all actually be together in the same spot, and uh, I'm I'm not really sure how to handle it. I'm 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 unsure. <laughs> I'm unsure if my liver is ready.
0: Very poorly. I'm sure you'll handle it very poorly <laughs> sure. and probably mostly inappropriately. Inappropriate,
1: oh, definitely inappropriately. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was even a question. Yeah, the question really is going to be how many drinks is it going to take Jay to start crying.
3: Exactly. Oh man! <laughs> if I make it, so right now we didn't really talk about this on the show. I'm pretty close to making it, uh, but I'm gonna like sell some stuff to try to help us out and get some more money and get some stuff going on because I'm sure Matt and I are gonna want to eat while we're there. So if I make it there, it'll probably take like two beers while be we're crying because I'll be like, "Oh my god,
2: I made it to GP, and I got to see
3: Scotty," which you, I haven't seen Scotty since my wedding, by the way. Yep.
5: So, there's that. I haven't seen KYT since my wedding, either. Nope. Are you uh, you sure? Haven't I seen you, like, in passing at the airport twice? Well, that doesn't count. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right? Sure. I
3: mean... I
1: I hugged you and shit, but cool. Well, no, I
5: mean, it counted as in, like, I
3: was there for the experience. (laughs) What I mean is to say, like...
1: (laughs) We haven't hung out and had beers, I get it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I'm so not carrying your ass out of the bathroom. Tonight.
3: Oh, yeah. You tried to fucking strangle me with a bathtub. So. It was... I don't think I owe you anything.
1: But it's still really, really funny. It's still the sound of that is hilarious. It will, it will forever haunt my eardrums.
5: Yeah. Ah. Yes. Uh... It's good. So, if you want to be part of these fun times in EP Toronto, I would love it if you would buy some of my magic cards so that I could go there and hang out with you. Or,
0: uh, I was also going to take this opportunity to Oh, go- just
3: give us free money!
0: The yeah, GoFundMe I'm- is still live. Uh We definitely would appreciate any donations you can make. Uh, we are uh, both... We, we have passed the point where Jay and I can purchase our plane tickets. We have not passed the point where Jay can comfortably miss enough work to, to make his stay uh, not Harmful to his living situation, and we definitely, with all the conversations that we've had over the last couple of weeks about life, magic, balance, we definitely want to make sure that that is taken care of. Because uh, uh, you know, i we understand, Jay. We 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 understand
2: things are tight. Well, you
3: know, we just want to make sure that while I'm there, I mean, while I'm trying to lose weight right now with this sweet diet that's working, I also would like to, you know, just be able to eat and hang out and drink beers with people that are there because they're going to want to do that stuff. So. You know, uh, it would be sweet to be able to do that. I mean, if not, whatever, then Jeremy and Matt and the rest of the A team can reap the rewards of the GoFundMe that I will miss out on. But, you know, whatever.
0: It's <laughs> not like, no. By reap the rewards, you mean cover Jeremy's costs.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's reaping like, rewards, is it not? Right now, so we guys, can't even get
0: Jay from perfect. the airport to the condo.
5: Yeah. Like, that's making, what we're working we're make, on. We're yeah, it's
0: tight. Point. Basically, it's tight. We, we're still, we don't have a whole lot of buffer room, but we're going, we're basically trying to cut corners and uh, do whatever we can. You know, we, we're we yeah, yeah. Uh, and remember, the GoFundMe isn't just donating. We oh, yeah. We
4: got sick
5: raffle yeah, prizes. Mention, you
4: put $25 in the pot, you probably will win something because, again, our donation or our, our tickets sold versus our prizes is probably like a 1.1 or 1.2 to 1 ratio.
3: Also, I'll go as far as to say that I will make it like Fiverr.com. That's with two R's, by the way. So for those of you not familiar with Fiverr.com, it's like this weird website that Matt Mendoza really hates for some reason where you could pay somebody like $5 to do something. And now it's kind of like GoFundMe in that like it's like all these weird, shitty businesses are on there now. But before, it used to be just like, hey, I'll pay $5 to eat a stick of butter, and then someone would. Or I'll pay $5 to sing me a song because I'm sad. Or whatever.
5: Edit I, a photo,
0: for example.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I would like to go as far as to say that... So for $25, you get entry into... For each $25, you get an entry into this uh, sweet prize pool, which we're just going to constantly keep adding things to. Um, so if you donate $50, for example, that's two entries, just so you know. Because some people are like, $25 and up is one entry. No, 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 no. Every $25 is an entry. But for anything you know, $5 enough. If you don't want to give 25 but you want to give $5, maybe, just to help me out, uh, you can fiber me. You can tell me to do something, and I'll probably do it. I mean, different levels of things. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to eat a spider or a dog turd for $5. But, but, for uh, but for
5: $25, maybe.
3: I mean, dog turds can't be that bad. You know? <laughs> Fuck, the other day, I went to my, my mother-in-law, or sorry, my stepmom's birthday and hadn't eaten carbs in like forever had a burger for dinner because we went out for burgers which fucking made me shit so bad and it was like that hard shit like heroin oh yeah and then of course i flushed the toilet did the courtesy flush because i at someone else's house didn't want to clog the toilet the shit is so hard it clogs the toilet and it's like my parents' house, so I don't want to like tell them that I clog their toilet. And there's no fucking plumbing, or I mean, plunger in the entire house. <laughs> and, and I'm 31 now. I'm over it. I just fucking stuck my hand right down there and fucking oh, man, no. like that. Wow. And that was for no money. That was. <laughs> James,
5: that was. You a were ready to die. That,
3: that was for free. Actually, that's also that party and that moment is also. When I decided that I'm now ready to have kids and I came home, so, yeah, absolutely. Well,
4: you were totally ready to be a dad based on that story alone.
3: Yeah, that's what I
5: kind of what happened. I had like an existential moment where I just said, you know what, like
3: my shit, whatever. And I just fucking, yeah, for
5: you.
0: And look yeah, at that. Just, you didn't yes. even have to donate to the GoFundMe that's to get right. a complimentary <laughs> shit story
5: that from involved Jay me.
0: that involved oh, himself. That's value. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you think you, the, the A team gives you value, we definitely would love, uh, would love your donations. It really goes, it will go a long way to helping make this awesome. Um, and like have I to
4: said, reach out to the condo and make sure they got a plunger. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like Locked I said, it.
0: you know, we have a high goal. And if we, any, any money that we excess, it, it all, it's all going, you know, if we get excess money, it's all going to charity. We, you know, we definitely want to support gamers, helping gamers. And, um, you know, we're giving a lot back to you guys. So, you know, feel free to uh, be generous.
4: Expedition, yeah, Burning Catacomb, Expedition. What was that, a hollowed Fountain, or what was it? Uh,
5: uh the, Sacred. Uh, the green-white one. Yeah. Temple Garden? Temple Garden. Yep, Temple Garden. Sweet. Goes so right into the Zoo super sweet X-Wing minis. Some, I don't know, I think we had a Playmat. Yeah, yeah, there's lots yeah. of stuff on there. Lots of stuff. And if you have any ideas, like if you want to see something, uh, you know, if you're
3: like, hey, would you guys do this for whatever? I'd be like, yeah, totally.
4: Uh, also, shout out to Kim Ho for like coming back and just doing a second donation.
5: Double yeah, himself. That was on awesome. Wow, didn't you yeah. really? Yeah, because Kim Ho that was awesome. Oh. Nice. 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 Uh. That's awesome. But that you know what? Successful. He sees value. That's what this is. That's a value donation. Because that's for like two more tickets and I'm gonna win a bunch of stuff. Like that's a guy who he understands, he sees what's going on here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. righty. That was A Team uh two seventy three. Scotty, thanks for being on and uh uh
0: helping us with all our Toronto stuff.
1: Happy to do it. Coming to my house, the least I can do is lay out the welcome mat,
0: <laughs> or be the welcome mat Saturday night. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a
5: lot,
1: there's a lot of people. My back's strong, but like that's gonna hurt.
0: Well, you are gonna be so <laughs> drunk, you're just not did gonna be able to
1: do it. Did you guys? Did we talk about the party? The on the show. Uh, we're hoping that we'll have an announcement all laid out for you in the show notes. Um, Bam, this goes live. Yeah, we said yeah. that.
4: This is the type of party where you will see pro tour mainstays drunk <laughs> we
1: uh um, <Yeah. laughs> we did a real good job with the party in uh at the the first one that we ever did, and it's in the spirit of that that I'm trying to get this one set up so yeah absolutely. I have I have high hopes I have high hopes and uh and high expectations now now the one thing to note is that if you are going to be coming to this party, you should be ready to. Uh, shout out for the booze because it's going to be well worth it and just uh, having a good time. So, if you want to come and just check it out? That's cool. Buy some other people drinks if you don't drink. Do that. If good. you're
0: American, it's Canadian dollars. That's yeah. like an eighty di- percent, a twenty percent discount on everything. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, and yeah. The beer's you get twenty
4: like... percent off and eighty percent more booze
5: in your beer.
1: Bingo. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> it's the eighty twenty rule, as we call it. love this.
5: <laughs> nice
1: well thanks Um, for having me boys i will uh come back anytime
5: oh before you go scotty
4: avery took a shot at his man his old man in the comments
1: okay
5: isn't that freaking awesome it was pretty sweet
1: what that he's like finally old enough to actually type on a keyboard or that kyle let him
5: Oh, oh. Whoa. Whoa. Hi, Guys.
3: I
1: missed <laughs> wreck. Fucking wrecked. I can say these things now because oh. I don't care how
4: Hashtag team Kyle. Stay.
1: Yeah, I don't care how tall Avery gets at this point. Fuck it. uh, it's fine.
4: <laughs> uh also shout out to Bullseye in the comments who did things for playmats, I uh, talked to, uh, you know, made sure to find out where stuff was, but also let me know about pre release leagues. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I they're think. pretty sweet. They're multi tiered now.
4: Yeah, I like the multi tiered leagues are back. I like that. It's just, oh my goodness, the pricing on them is ugh. Like they went super casual on them. I'd like to ho- hopefully we'll see like a multi tier competitive.
5: Yeah. You can't have it all. No, you can't have it all, but we can get there. Yeah, and Bullseye, I got a hold of him. He, uh, we had an email exchange. Got his address. It's good. Can we find out if he's going to be in the next Daredevil season? Can this throw with to Bullseye and find out? On that note.
0: Yep. Scotty, get off my podcast.
5: All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> good night, everybody. I love you all. Bye, guys.